Bayo Saka. Welcome back to another episode of Always Arsenal with me, Andrew, and as ever, joined by Tom this evening to talk about the crushing victory at Fulham at the weekend. Um, Tom, do you like river cruises? Oh, it was good. Uh, do you see all the videos afterwards? Um, yeah. With the uh, Ashburn Army or, you know, LA songs down the, down the river. Uh, it was good, wasn't it? It was good fun. It's meant Monday morning was slightly easier. Uh, it, was a, it was a busy, busy weekend for me, and that topped off really well. And yet, you got you got to be basking. Still five points clear, mate. Still five points clear. Mm. And another another very convincing victory in West London. We like that place, don't we? Um, obviously, the Chelsea game, which they barely had a shot on our goal. Brentford the same, and now Fulham. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go into detail a little bit later on with sort of our breakdown of the players and how they performed. But just your overarching kind of um, take home, really, Tom from. Um, a, a quite sexy, fluid first half um, that kind of put us into a position where we could bring on some players in the second half, notably one that we'll talk about later on. But um, that was probably the best half of football I think we've played this season in terms of cohesion and just how slick it looked. Yeah, I think on the eye. I mean, for, for me on a personal level, uh, Spurs away first half will take some beating given the occasion and given who it was. But the um, in, yeah, just in terms of the level... My overriding impression was we were fantastic, but caveat, little star, little asterisks, um, Fulham played into our hands. Uh, it felt very much like our text, our text during the game. It felt very much like, you know, Fulham coming up the last five, six years when they come up and then they go back down, come up, go back down. That soft touch Fulham who actually play nice football, but obviously therefore when they play a top six, top four um, side, obviously just therefore just get trounced. And it felt a bit like that. Um, but nonetheless, we were fantastic. I mean, the, the, the amount of passes in that Martinelli goal, it's obviously done the rounds on Twitter. You know, we were playing some fantastic football. We were clinical. Obviously, the goal is initially ruled out. You know, and what, what when do we get the opener three or four minutes later? Do you know what I mean? So I, I, it spoke volumes about the way we were playing and, and as I say, the way Fulham were playing. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think... With any performance like this, where you have a side that is at home, that is the underdog, that they don't really lay a glove um, pretty much for 90 minutes. Um, but you've, I think what we will need to sort of delve into, obviously, as the chat progresses, is that why was that? And, and obviously, there was a lot to do with how we were playing. And I thought we started this game um, in brilliant fashion in terms of the accuracy of the passing, the speed of movement, the rotation. They didn't know what to do. And I think... I did mention this on the pod a few weeks back when we went to Leicester. And although although at the end of that game, it was obviously, we weren't clinging on for a 1-0, but the scoreline wasn't as comfortable as this. But I do think we started that game. I made a point on that episode that when you start in this fashion, what you do to the other team is you kind of scare them into sort of submission, really. And as a player, as a Fulham player out on that pitch, particularly without Palina, who kind of sets the tempo in there, you uh, you do second guess whether to press or not because you think, well, am I going to go and press and steam in like a Mitrovic on Saliba or Gabriel and just get done anyway? Or should I just back off and then let them pass it around me? And Fulham never really, like Leicester, never really got into any rhythm at all, to be honest. But luckily this time, we were three to the good at halftime. But we, we, let's talk about the team news um, before we go into more detail with the players. Um, I thought that 
that that that first eleven and bench made us uh, have a nice sigh of relief when those when those teams were announced. Tom, the the bench was it's just so nice to see the the strength and the depth coming back, isn't it? Obviously, the the headline and we'll speak about it in the second half was was Gabriel Jesus who's coming back into the team and <clears throat> well coming back into the squad and obviously back into the team later in the half, but you know Trossard. Trossard injury was really weird in the last two two weeks because there was never actually a diagnosis. It wasn't it, was, it wasn't like an official statement. Yeah, five weeks, but it was also not like a oh he'll be fine within a week or so. It was kind of like there were rumours that it was a bit longer than it was, and actually what was it? A couple of weeks. So it's kind of like it was nice to see that back in the line because it, if you told me even Sunday morning, oh Trossard's still out for another two or three weeks, I wouldn't have been shocked because there was no like news that he was definitely playing back or definitely fit again or definitely not. So, yeah, it was a bit odd. Obviously, we'd had the Thursday game. I did wonder whether he might rest like a Ben White, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm glad he doesn't because, you know, for me, uh, people like Ben White, his levels, you know, the guy's such a technical baller and what he gives to that right-hand pod with Odegaard and Saka is so important. Um, and, yeah, so, so to see us back to almost full strength, was very nice to see and what a time in the season to start to become and get, getting everyone back fit. Um, is there yeah, good timing. Yeah, I think it was um, when when I refreshed my Twitter page and the Arsenal Club, the, you know, the official Twitter page released that team sheet. We just, we, we're all getting used to that first 11 now, bear, you know, with obviously Jesus for, for Trossard, I guess. Um, and like you're right to mention the white, I do, I did wonder if Tommy Asu would start at right back given the Europa exertion, but, and actually White's exertion, who looked very tired at the end of that game. But um, when those two fullbacks are picked, there's just a, there's just a real sigh of relief, isn't there? Because they are becoming so integral to this team. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to walk our way through something slightly different, test it out on the pod, um, walk our way through the team really and how they performed as individuals, but also sort of on a more of a kind of broader scale really. So starting off in goal, obviously Aaron Ramsdale didn't have too much to do, to be honest. I can't really think of anything to comment on, Tom, unless you can. No, not really. I, I think just in general, though, Ramsdale for me, the last few weeks has been impeccable. Um, impeccable, to be honest with you. And he's had a, you know... One thing. He's he's been you know for me he's had a basically whenever he has a slight moment people are oh we could do better than Ramsdale and but I genuinely believe we go and get him when we did and people are like why are we spending thirty odd million on the backup and I, I think he's been so fantastic and he's such a effervescent present and 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 hero uh, for that for for that backline I, I think oh, I, I love him and he was obviously had very little to do on the weekend but he's been very good of late for me. Yeah, I was because as you were talking there, I had my my finger up for the one thing actually. The only thing I can think of was my heart was in my mouth a little bit. I think you're going to know the moment that I'm talking about in the first half, where he uh, he gave the ball to Pereira. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a slight moment where it was yeah, like. Yeah, uh... <laughs> we know we know we know that's the the line you take with a, a goalkeeper like Ramsdale. Um, well, it's, yeah, I mean, although that side of his game isn't really, his kicking's normally brilliant, and he's not normally as casual like an Allison is, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but he sometimes tries to play that through the middle kind of mm. one, oh, yeah, that. one, and it, it can go wrong. But when you when you've got someone looking for fast release like he does, um, his actual distribution is normally very good. But when you have someone looking for fast release uh, to set the the team going, 
there are going to be occasions when it becomes a little bit sloppy because it's less about the execution than it's more about the mindset. He's always in a grab and go kind of mindset. But obviously, he like any almost the whole team plays their part in the in the in the in the routine for Gabby Martinelli's goals. So we can't, you know, yeah. And then look, if we talk about the back four as a unit. We'll go left to right. But what what a what a what a unit. I mean, like what, what a defensive display again. Again on our travels, how many away clean sheets is that I've heard? I think it's nine clean sheets away from home this year. Really is phenomenal. Um, another person who we were potentially thinking may not start or, or certainly play 90 minutes um, given the midweek exploits but Zinchenko how do you think he went? Yeah Zinchenko doing Zinchenko things I thought he looked I thought he looked a little bit off it in in uh, Lisbon if I'm honest um, maybe concentration um, at times and I think that was an issue with White as well on the day um, but uh, yeah back back to his back to his back to his best we, we, we play with um, for me we play with a double pivot a lot now um, with Zinchenko yeah. and Partey that's what it is and, and and as you mentioned earlier about the Ramsdale that vertical pass through through the middle to Partey Zinchenko helps massively there because that ball can only be played if there's the space between obviously the opposing players to kind of get get it to Partey which normally it is and Zinchenko obviously offers that that option in there as well that him and Partey which we can obviously talk about in a little while but that partnership is just developing beautifully really I mean some of the stuff that they're playing in there is scary and talking of partnerships, then the, the, the centre-backs, um, you're probably talking about, you know, when when was the last time we had two centre-halves this good? I, I think you're going back a good few decades. Well, it has to be Torre and Campbell. Was was Torre this good as on as, a, as an ability? Do you know what I mean? And that, that's not to compare because one team goes unbeaten, which is the most phenomenal achievement in British football history. But, you know... But yeah, the ceiling's higher for these two, I would these, say. The, yeah. yeah, as individuals. And you've got someone, for me, getting Gabriel, who's cut out the errors that he used to be, I won't say known for is unfair, but often sort of, you know, you, he had an error up his sleeve. And I think the spirit and the way in which he is patrolling that back line now, I, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to say someone's been good for him in the way Saliba has, because that's obvious. But almost, you know that you know that arrogance and the swagger that Saliba delivers, that confidence, that assuredness, that calmness. I think that really helps Gabriel. Because actually, Gabriel can be, and it's a cliche because it's not hot-headed in terms of aggression, but a little bit hot-headed in terms of, you know, he used to be a little bit, looked a little bit panicked or a little bit rushed or a little bit... Um, um, eager to get rid of the ball whereas I think you know Saliba playing with someone like Saliba who's got the cigar out you know everyone seems to be going two miles an hour tumbleweeds with Saliba it must bring a general sense of calm and that sense of calm clearly just infiltrates into Gabriel obviously a threat again at set pieces and in the air gets his goal um, I think what more goals than the other centre back in the last three or four years um, so monster yeah yeah and um, for me we have a new leader emerging here if I'm honest yeah and um, there's a lot of talk about Odegaard and Zinchenko, what they've what what they've brought to the team. But this guy is, um, and I, I've said it, I've said it probably the last three or four pods. It, he keeps his his impression in me is growing by the week. Um, I love I love the fist pump and the and the shout into the Fulham crowd at three 0 with about five minutes left. Ramsdale was cracking up, um, but um, I, I love that mentality that he's got about him. And you're right to point out the whole kind of impact that Saliba's having on him. But I do think that he's 
he's the leader in that partnership. I think so. You know, Saliba's yeah, yeah, yeah. a Rolls Royce. We'll talk about him in a minute. Like, you know, what what he's doing is quite scary on the ball, Saliba. Um, but but Gabriel and you said about the rush and the panic that he that was one of my concerns early early on in his Arsenal career. I felt that he was quite um, last ditch at times and would be a little bit rash on the ball. And something that he's really improved. And I don't know if this was mentioned on the All or Nothing documentary. I might be wrong, or I've heard it somewhere else, but maybe in an interview with Arteta. But he's worked. He's had to work a lot on his first touch and the way that he receives the ball because there was a there was a game earlier in the season actually the goal he scored the winner in at home to Fulham when Mitrovic scored. Hmm. And when that ball comes over from Saka, there's that kind of um, element of like, as he receives it, now what he does is the first touch is perfect. Yeah. Whereas his first touch used to be a little bit kind of um, casual, like he was thinking about the next thing, where he's getting those little things right now. And he's almost just as good on the ball as Saliba, you know, like, and it doesn't, he doesn't look as Rolls Roycey for want of a better word, but his, um, I don't yeah. have to use that Rolls Royce. Oh, I like it anyway. I like it anyway. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Saliba gets all the plaudits and rightly so because he's phenomenal. But this this guy, I mean, he's he's captain material. Yeah, and the thing is, we've got a few of them now in the team, which is fantastic. You know, uh, that really is four out. You know, we'll, we'll read a couple of stats stats out here when we do eighty six percent accuracy on passes, four out of six ground duels, strong. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just fantastic. And like we said, playing alongside Saliba, which we'll jump onto now. And look, before we talk about Saliba's general defensive game, his general Rolls-Royce-ness, Rolls-Royce-ness, uh, Rolls-Royce-ness, um, can we talk a little bit at the moment where he shimmies past a couple of players and tries to top bins it from 30 yards? Um, that, mate, that, yeah, I nearly, I'll send I'll it nearly back. out of my chair then, yeah. Yeah, I'll send it back right there. You know, that's that's William Saliba to a T, which I think uh, uh, gives you everything you need to know. Again, accuracy on the ball. We're talking about 90% pass completion rate in terms of accuracy of passes. Just phenomenal, really. Really does, um, you know, ground jewels, 5-1 out of 6. Strong. Uh, just everything you want in the modern centre-back. And that's that, that ground jewel, one of them, was it Daniel James in the last few moments? Who's no slouch. Um, Not half, mate. Nine, and also, like you're saying, like 90 touches, obviously, the Gabriel around about 60 mark. So it goes to show that this guy is just such an influence on our build-up play, you know, and, and being able to kind of like engineer attacks. Um, I mean, was it for the... We've spoken about the Gabriel header. Um, the, the, the second goal is just one of the best goals I think we've scored in a long time. And, and there's, 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 there's definitely some contenders up there this season, but... The role that's, that that Saliba passed to Xhaka, yeah, out of the back with his left foot. I mean, it's just it's just outrageous. When you sucker a team in like that and you play the extra pass, I can't remember who it's against. I think it even came uh, very early in the season, but it almost has to fail for it to work. If that makes sense, you almost have to get caught with the ball because you, that's when that means you've suckered in the extra man. You know, you suckered in the extra man, and then you're releasing it. And that's what happened again. And we nearly, a couple of times in that moment, it looks like we're going to get caught out. But you're right, that's that released into Xhaka. And then suddenly we've got the man over. Xhaka can go forward, find Trossard, and then the rest is history. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I'm flashing back to the move that went viral against Chelsea that didn't come off of Stamford Bridge. Yeah, yeah, similar, similar. There was one, I'm trying to think of one. It led to another goal, though. It was Ramsdale. 
Mm. Nearly got caught with, and it was like, <gasps> but then it then it broke, and we scored. It was early on the season, first three or four games, but basically it looked like it wasn't going to work. Yeah. It looked like it's about to fail, but that's the whole point. You suck in the extra man. Yeah, you're you right. go. yeah, hundred percent. You yeah, you you attract, and then the space is there, isn't it? To sort of yeah, because if, if it's not close to losing the ball, almost, mm. then what you've not done is you've not dragged people away from their position, mm. because actually then they're still comfortable. You know, they're letting you have the possession. They're letting you have the ball. You know, you drag it over and that's going to really annoy me the game. I'll find the game. Well, well, actually, like in that, you're saying about that kind of like daring, you know, daring to be great. It's risk, and, yeah, like, risk profile, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Saka, Saka does incredibly well in that move, actually, if I can remember rightly, where he almost gets pinned in the corner by a couple of players, like like classic Saka yeah, managed yeah, to like yeah. lean back. And at that moment, I thought, it's just going to go out for a throw here. And he still keeps it. Goes back to White or Saliba, and then yeah. And the, to be honest, I, I've got I've got to shout out the. We'll talk about Trossard later, but Trossard's control for Xhaka's pass because Xhaka really overhits that ball. Oh, he I was going to say that. Yeah, you know, he thinks he's, he thinks he's well. He thinks he's really he wide. Smashes that into him. He smashes mm. that into him. That could easily bounce off a shin. If that's that, he was phenomenal and he scored how many goals? Five in the last three, or whatever. Um, that's bouncing off Martinelli. Do you know what I mean for me? Whereas Trossard. It sticks to him, and you know a skill that Trossard's got. Technically, he's very gifted, but yeah, he smashes it into him. Does very well. Does yeah. very well. And and just to sort of before we move over to Ben White, um, I guess props to those two centre backs who, particularly in the away games against Brentford and Fulham, have given Tony and Mitrovic just an absolute not even a sniff. Um, I know Tony obviously did well at the Emirates, but in the two away games, Mitrovic and Tony just did not get a look in. And, then, and that's all down to our two centre-backs who are just becoming so dominant and aggressive. Um, ben White, as we, we mentioned, obviously, was surprised that he started given his excursions in Portugal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just I just love watching the guy play football. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not... Well, you look at a whole 11, they're all so technically gifted. This is the thing with our 11. They're all so technically gifted. But he is so natural for someone who you know makes a great habit of telling over the world doesn't really care about football he's so natural such a natural footballer you know and I, like I find myself probably more so than you to be fair I think you you you, you quite like Tommy um, Tommy Asu I find myself really not wanting Tommy Asu to play but it's not it's not really about Tommy Asu it's much more about Ben White and I I, I realized after a while I was like oh, why Tommy Asu playing it's not because I think he does a bad job and I actually prefer Tommy at left back but you just lose so much when you drop a Zinchenko or a Ben White and they're very different players but because what you're losing essentially is that robot footballer that I just love that just doesn't really make errors these these players just like don't Make errors, even when it, and we'll get to we'll talk about Saka as well because I think it's so important in that pod on that right hand side, Ben White, Odegaard, Saka pod. But even when they have maybe less influential games or less impactful games, what these players have in someone like a Ben White or a Saka is you have a robot technical footballer who makes the right decision and doesn't necessarily lose you or put you out of possession. And that's that that's what's so great about this squad at the moment again you've got a player there who's touching a 90 89 accuracy on passes you know creating big chances just just an elite footballer who probably wasn't quite at it on the weekend maybe did show a little bit of legs um after after midweek but just love him they're all they're all brilliant aren't they they're all they are yeah i mean and, and you know in, including um tommy asu may i add i mean i i do 
for me, it's it's, um, it's not an issue of is should Tommy Asu play because he, he definitely shouldn't play if everyone's fit. It's just that I know that if we're going to Anfield maybe next week, I wouldn't feel too uncomfortable with playing Tommy Asu at left back. You know, that's why I love yeah. Tommy Asu because he does. He's he's a very good defender, um, and he's and he's very much needed when we need him. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that kind of. Whenever you need to bring in someone that's going to do a job for you in a game, like you said, I do prefer him at left back as well, to be honest. Um, but no, I mean at right back, it's not a competition. It's just that if White is not available, I'm completely fine with Tommy Asu coming in. Um, doesn't offer anywhere near as much of the progressive, you know, silky stuff with the right pod and things like that. But um, yeah, he had a good he had a good game. White, nothing stand out. Um, just I think his best touch he was was that left footed cross to Martinelli. Obviously got saved by Leno. Unbelievable cross with yeah, his weak yeah. foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, and that that goes to show with the technique that you were talking about earlier. So when he, uh, Jacker, I think Jacker looked last. Um, we'll, we'll get to the main man in the middle. We'll see the other two. Jacker, um, I think was was really good again. The last couple of games, I think he's looked he's looked better. I think post World Cup. I was a little bit worried about Ranch. We spoke about on this pod. Um, potentially was looking just less influential. But again, do you know what it is? And we speak about this in general in terms of the broad game. When you have a team sitting in, going ultra defensive, is Granite Xhaka technically gifted enough in really tight spaces to unlock the doors away the way and Martin Odegaard does. You know, you have to say no because he's he's not that type of player. When this game is a, gets a bit more expansive, which is ironic given Jack has not got pace, but when it gets a bit more expansive and passing range comes into it and reading of the game comes into it and understanding uh, pitch coverage comes into it, I think you really see Granite Jack come to the fore. And I think particularly in that first half, Particularly in the first half, he, he was looking really good again. And he, uh, yeah, played well. Yeah, you only have to look at his heat map here. I mean, he's just everywhere. Mm. You know, it's a little bit of, that's like a Zinchenko heat map, that is, bless him. Um, but no, I mean, and oh God, if he'd have scored that goal, Tom, in the first half, I mean, like that, that was, that was Vieira at Anfield, you know, the, um, the little dink over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that was, that was that sort of vibe. What a goal that would have been. Um, what a kit that was as well, that blue kit that Vieira's wearing when yeah. he scores that goal. Yeah. Well, that's one of my favourite ever Arsenal goals. Um, the Pires Omri kind of link up and then Vieira just dinks it over and rolls it apart. <coughs> but yeah, I mean, a very good performance. I mentioned to you off air, I thought this was his best performance in a while, actually. Um, granted, he kind of tired, but um, very much integral in that first half. And he's just such a secure footballer. I mean, for, for someone that looked so vulnerable, really, and... Um, I know, I know, he's, I know, he's not Odegaard levels of technique, of course, but um, and another player who played what night was it? I think it was ninety. Yeah, yeah he's just so robust. Yeah, robust, especially at the you know, I, I keep on saying calling, but the age of these players because yeah. it's not like, it's not like Jack is thirty five, mm. but he is what 30, thirty, you know. Mm. So to be playing essentially two games in the matter of three days, one in Lisbon, the other one away from home, albeit still in London. Um, mm. Yeah, fantastic game. Um, should we talk about Erdegaard seeing as we were talking about what the other the other kind of roaming sort of eight, but the right-sided eight, this one. Um I've said it many times on this pod and just in general. I, I don't I can't un, I can't overstate how good a footballer Martin Erdegaard is. Like I'm seeing the player that 
Real Madrid and the world wanted at 15, 16 years old. Just a technical ball. His feet are magic. Magic, magic feet. I love the guy. Really, really love the guy. Um, for me, arguably our most gifted controller, you know, talking back to Burkamp days, you know, because what he does is, but, but such a modern cutting edge version. He's like modern Urza, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? But, 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 but he's got bite, he's got pace, he's got passion, he's got dynamism. Dynamism is another, you know, you word if had Martin Erdegaard. Um, obviously picks up another goal, shifts it onto his left, buries it. Like how many, he, he's going to be, do you know what? Him and, um, him and Saka will both get double figures for goals and assists in the Premier League this year. And upwards, by the way. No one else is in the team is going to do that. And it it's worth shouting out because I think people have looked at Martin Odegaard the last couple of seasons since he came back and said, yeah, nice footballer. But where's the output? Is he really creating enough chances? If he get, is he getting off enough assists? Is he, is he popping up with the odd goal? Whereas this year, like I said, he will be the only man in our squad, in a squad that is sharing goals, to get double figures for both goals and assists um, alongside Bukai Saka. So you can't overstate that. I just love the guy. Yeah, his goal reminded me very much of the goal he scored at Wolves earlier yeah. on in the season, the type of finish it was. Um, and I think we all, we all saw, we all saw the talent that this guy had when he turned up. I mean, there's only you only have to watch back that that game at West Ham um, a couple of couple of seasons ago, where he was just frightening for about half an hour spell. Um, and obviously, Real Madrid don't you know they know what they're looking for, don't they? So his his ability has never been in question. I think what we're seeing now is the influence on games as he's maturing. You know, he's he's, he's stamping his authority on games. And yeah. you were you mentioned a couple of weeks ago about you how much you love his work rate, and I think. You, you said Urzil a minute ago, and I was sort of sort of st- stole my thunder because I was, as you were talking there, I was I was trying to make a, I was merging, I don't know, hear me out here, I'm not sure, but I'm merging Urzil and Zinchenko. In terms of spirit, fight, character of Zinchenko with the yeah. guile and talent of Urzil. I, I like that, but I'm also, I, I, you need to kind of almost add in there someone with a bit of uh I know dynamism doesn't actually like mean much, but like someone also just is is quite because I think also what you get with Erdogan that you don't get with those two. Yeah, it's more mobile, more mobile, and the speed and the boom, 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 the tick attack about at pace. Mm-hmm. You know, where sometimes what he and Saka do on the right side, and it's a, you know I love the first halves when I go to watch at the Emirates because um, invariably if we've won the toss or whatever, we'll always be um, for attacking the clock in the first half, and I, I'm I'm sitting behind the goal, but a bit more round to the to the the left-hand side as you look down the pitch, which means the right-hand pod is just in front of me. And it means I'll just get treated to this Saka and Erdegaard interchange, where sometimes they literally ping the ball into each other and they just deal with it, like boom, 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 like little bullets firing off. It's brilliant to watch. I love the guy. Um, mm. 10 league goals and six league assists. So hopefully just tips over into the double of figures for both of you in the, in the remaining games. And that'll be a hell of a achievement. Mm. Yeah. No, no, there was a lovely little nutmeg, wasn't there? Part of the menu for dessert on, um, on Sunday. I'm not sure who that was on actually. can't remember who that was on through, 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 through the, uh, through legs, the lovely little Megs. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, an excellent performance. Um, talking of excellent. It's for me, the man of the match. Um, Trossard, obviously, 
had an, a hat trick of assists. So that's that sounds pretty harsh. But I, I think I said in the group chat during the first half, like it's 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 scary uh, the level of um, performance that Partey is able to put in in a, in, a, in a lone six role, where he's able to run football matches and look, make make it look like he's like I think I said like a year ten playing against like a year eight like team yeah. in, in in the school on the school playground and. So some of the stuff in that first half, I mean, obviously for that goal that we spoke about earlier, he was integral in that some short passing in the middle of the pitch with like really tight, but he makes it look effortless. And, and um, a little, flick, player, a little flick in the, the yeah, flick, flick over, over the head. Yeah. Another player that like just combines such incredibly high technical ability with incredible athleticism and strength and passing range. And again, that word dynamism, like just this, this team is built of, of such brilliant footballers that when you get one who is also playing your defensive midfielder, also playing as your number six, and yet can do all of the other bits, the technical pieces, the tick attack, but with pace and strength and dynamism at the level he can, you have a scary, scary footballer. Um, almost sort of, recreating that role as well that single that single six pivot 95% accurate passes for a lone six under pressure on the ball is is absolutely scary and you know what was quite you you mentioned the pod two or three weeks ago when we first got Georgina about three weeks ago four weeks ago now and we actually said Arteta likes him more than most Jorginho and Jorginho obviously came in and did okay for a couple of games and there was an argument to say, well, actually, Arteta might play him. But then I think even someone like an Arteta would you watch Thomas Partey and you go, actually, no, we can't not play this guy because he's 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 levels above. And the reality is, the games we have lost this year, you know, the three league games, he's not played in two of them. You know, and he didn't play the parts of the second half against Devon Tyler. So he was missing at Old Trafford and he's missing against Man City. It goes without saying. If, as I know there's only 11 games left. If, we, if we're going to win the league, he needs to feature nearly all of those. He needs to be fit. Yeah, I, I think for, for, how, for how devastated we were when we got the Gabby Jesus news through in November, it's gone on to prove that he isn't as integral as we know he is, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, because the, the proof's in the pudding. Like we're still as, We're still as clear as we were without him. Yeah. with him sorry whereas there's no you you cannot convince me that if Partey had the Jesus injury we would be where we are now there's just no no chance, no, no cut in hell's chance and and um Saturday I mean yeah like I said some of that stuff in the first half was just like out of this world dreamy um and 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 the, the you like you said about the pass completion rate for that for that position and just also do you know what I like about Partey Tom is he's not it's not he's not casual so like he's, he he manages to have this kind of rolls royce vibe without being sloppy and a little bit too hollywood do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. there isn't that to, there isn't that part of his game like no, no, no. when he's on it like he was on saturday because at the end of the day like obviously he has games where he's not out of this world yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and i thought this was a game where like when he's in that vibe everything comes off and and uh, Everything comes off, and you know we might have this chat at the end of the season. Fingers crossed, we do, where we compare the invincibles to this team. Maybe that would be a great chat to have um, because it did it did crop up in the group chat 
over the last few hours where you know where does this guy where does where does this guy feature in terms of midfielders over the last sort of 20 30 years but that's for another day but yeah i mean my man of the match um martinelli tom back back he's back isn't he, he he's back looking dangerous They've obviously got, um, you know, we're looking at a nice graphic of all the stats of the players to to give you listeners all the lovely, the lovely pass completion stats like Thomas Party ninety five percent. Well, hey, um, and they've got Gabby Martinelli on the left, but definitely very getting very comfortable with that interchange role with um, Trossard now. Obviously, Trossard at least you know a couple of those assists coming very much as the left sided player. Um, so, I think Martinelli looks so much better when he has that proper false nine dropping deep can drift out wide player like Trossard. Trossard, the irony is Trossard is much closer to uh, uh, Gabby Jesus in profile than Eddie Nketiah is because Eddie Nketiah is a striker. He's a nine. He's not quite a poacher, but he's a closer down box, box man, really. We know Gabby Jesus is not that. Gabby Jesus will drop deep. He'll, 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 go, he'll go wide. He'll want to get involved. But that means naturally, because it's coming off the left, it gets um, Martinelli involved. And Martinelli's looked much better since Trossard's been playing than when Nketiah was playing, because I think that that interchange and that support is there. We spoke about the pod on the right-hand side with Erdegaard and Saka. And the reality is when Jesus isn't there or Trossard, Martinelli doesn't get that same support that Saka gets. Now he's got that, he's back thriving um, and scoring goals. Do you know what I mean? So look, he's, he, the, the, the thing about Martinelli, the reason I love him and Saka is because they're quite different. Like, you know, your pass completion or, or, or your accuracy under a Martinelli will never be the same as it is under a Saka, who's more like a, the robot perfect footballer. Martinelli, things will bounce off his shin a little bit. Things will look a bit blind alley sometimes with him, but he that's almost when he's at his best because he's most dangerous. Whereas actually sometimes when he looks just ineffective and he's drifting in and out of games, that's when Martinelli's not at it. Um, his XG for the game was over a goal for himself. Um, which is interesting, um, back amongst the goals in a big way the last two or three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think as you as you said at the uh, at the time, the defending for his goal was kind of much to be desired, really. But, um, yeah. but he's obviously like, dropping out of the way, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's there to put it in, and he, he obviously had a goal narrowly offside. I don't know. I mean, I just think these lines are made up at the spur of the moment. They just draw them on, and then they're like, oh, it's off. Um, but. Um, he, he 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 obviously that was a that was a nice link up play with Xhaka. Um and unfortunately it was offside. Uh, for me, for me, this guy is an Alexis Sanchez. You you have to you have to just give him rain to cause havoc. Um and I think yeah, the more those... and, and, and understand a bit like Alexis that things will sometimes bounce off his shins and stuff like that because he's not he's not that like a technically rounded player. He's not saying he's not technically gifted because he obviously very much is, but he's not that polishedness, but that's okay. You you want a bit of a loose cannon because otherwise, and again, this isn't, you know, if you if, if, if any team in the world has this problem, it's not really a big problem to have. But sometimes, you know, when City look a bit toothless, yeah, when they can look really great, but a little bit toothless, particularly this year before Haaland, like, otherwise you, you, you risk having a team like that you know, is so technically polished that they just kind of pass sideways when they're not at it. Now, when you have an Alexis Sanchez or you have a Gabby Martinelli, even when you're not quite at it, they sometimes like bundle through or make something happen. And that's why they're so impressive. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I think that, that that element of chaos is needed against the kind of order yeah. um, of Saka. Um, and, and, and in this game, we saw that, you know, you, you look at the heat map, he's obviously everywhere across that sort of front, front final third. 
Um, and I do. I, I think you've got to let him off the leash. You've got to let him cause havoc and cause disruption because Saka will very much be that kind of right pod, which works brilliantly, but he very much... He'll be very metronomic. Yeah, he's metronomic. Martinelli, we all knew at the time, this this isn't anything new, that he was the main victim, really, of the Eddie introduction, really, into the side. And I think he's only going to, like, springboard with Jesus' return. Do you know what, actually, in that run Martinelli had, he reminded me a little bit of, like, you know when Zaha gets, like, almost, he's stuck out on the touchline for Palace? And he just gets frustrated, like game in, game out, where he just stays yeah. out there, doesn't get the ball. When he does, he tries something, it doesn't really come off. And Martinelli looked a little bit like that for a few weeks where he was so isolated out there. It was almost like he was he was just sort of caged in that part of the pitch and nothing really seemed to be happening. And come, come, Whereas now he's drifting, he's having shots. I, I, I think the truth is, what will be very interesting, I'll, I'll be very interested to see what Arteta does in the next two windows. Because I don't think Martinelli is an Arteta winger. Yeah, he's not. Arteta likes chalk on the boots, technically perfect, perfect robot footballers on the wide positions. And that's not Martinelli. And now Arteta might be freewheeling enough to understand that the, 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 the combination is good. I personally would like to see long-term Martinelli become a nine in the mould of a Gabi Jesus. And I just get a left-sided tackle, and then I think you just yeah, and then you've got the you've got your nine or your pairs to rotate to cause havoc, and then you've got these metronomic superstars on the wings. But mm. we, yeah, we love him. He's, 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 the the only thing that surprises me here is the touches, quite low, really. So yeah, very little, very low. I I, I didn't I don't, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but Only 30, 37 touches, yeah. Yeah, and having said that, he's not as we you know as we've been discussing the last few moments really about the chaos really and. That he, he's a moments player. Far yeah, he's not. Zachary's. Yeah, he's not. He's not a. He's not like. Um, he's not an Erdegaard. He's not even a Saka. Like they're not. He's more he's, on periphery of games, really, Martinelli. And then yeah, he, he won't be part of that slow build-up play that Saka's. I don't know how many. Do we say this? I don't know how many Saka touches Saka got. Yeah, let's like, we'll go on to Saka now. Um, but look, look at this, Tom. Look at the heat map. Yeah, look at the difference. Touchline. You know. Yeah, we'll have to stop doing video pods, guys. Um. So yeah, but you know, as you as we're seeing at the moment. Very much, very much mag- like magnetized to that right. Yeah, yeah, side. metronomic. Yeah. We like we said earlier, touches um, mm. fifty-two in, in I think less minutes. I think he went off a bit earlier. But that, so, but that's, um, in, that's interesting because I think we probably both agree that Martinelli had a better game. Yeah, Saka more involved in terms of touches and a better and Saka a better pass completion rate, all that kind of stuff because he's mm. that kind of footballer. This is why it's a bit like the Ben White thing for me with with Saka is. When you have a gift footballer that gifted, but also this mature in his play, <coughs> what I love about <coughs> Saka is that <coughs> his <coughs> less impactful games, he's still brilliant. <coughs> sorry, I'm going to have to that. <coughs> um, sorry, boys. Um, his less impactful games, he's still, he, he doesn't make errors. He's a robot footballer where and we said like influential in that Martinelli goal when he comes back, he he doesn't give the ball away. So strong, so technically sound, so just gifted, really. That that even when he's it doesn't quite come off for him. I think the two best things he did in this game were the the involvement in the Martinelli goal and the, and the passing back in the right back spot, brilliant. 
but also um, getting out of the way for the uh, Odegaard. You see him sort of for the Odegaard guy, he's allowed to dive out of the way like a, mm. uh, like anybody's business. But, um, you know, he, he, he's technically sound. Uh, probably another one, well, no, I say another one, probably the biggest victim of our lack of squad depth, Bakaya Saka, in, in respect of having to play so many minutes. Um, I think he's on track to play every single league game two years back to back. Now, that's fine, well and good if you're getting rested in cup games or getting taken off early lots of times in that cup games. But up until this week, and I think he came off eight or nine minutes early against Everton when we were cruising at home. Other than that, the guy basically plays 90 minutes every single game. And I do worry, you know, we, we this is a, the, the, probably the longest standing debate in our WhatsApp um, uh, friends group is is, you know, should play players be getting rested and rotated more often? Or actually do you, you know, is playing and having the momentum and the winning mentality the most important thing? I think the one player we all concede could do with more rest occasionally is Saka. But, you know, he yeah. got, he got what, 18 minutes, 20 or minutes off on the weekend. So, yeah. and, and that may not seem like an important thing, but if, if, if Saka was able to go off at the 65-minute mark just four or five times through the season, five times, that's actually two games of football you've you've saved in his legs, and that's a compound. You know, it, it makes a difference. Well, that, that that's I was going to say. That's what Martinelli had in the last month. Hmm. He had that, um. So he looks fresh, you know. And and Saka, you know, we we all know with Saka that it's just it's it's the fear of burnout, which we're all scared to death of, um. Because he is one. He is probably one of our. Well, he is he is arguably our player of the season. You could argue along with Odegaard at the moment, um. I, I thought I thought on um, this 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 was interesting to me, and it didn't surprise me actually though that the amount of possession lost. I thought I thought he was tied in that regard, Saka on on, mm. on Sunday. You know, with playing a lot of look at the ground jewels as well, yeah, exactly. thirteen, but only won five of them. Yeah, that's playing... very unlike Saka. The strength of the strength of him at the moment, he'd normally be far higher. Yeah, for someone as we're saying, he's so efficient. Um, I mean, we we did. I did mention in the intro that um, it was a it was a cruise. It was a river cruise at the cottage, and this goes to show it was because he was only fouled twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, right, the hat trick hero, you know, of, of, of a modern era, the the the, the modern hat trick. The modern hat trick. So we'll go. We'll go postmodern soon. It'll be yeah, the, yeah. the 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 pre-assist maker. Exactly. Exactly. Hat-trick. Yeah. The, 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 the Alexander Kleb, um assist. No, look, Trossard. What what I really like about Trossard is that I didn't like Trossard signing at all, and I won't pretend I did. <clears throat> but I, I did what I did say straight away. To be fair, to I will give myself a little bit of credit. That was less about Trossard and more us missing out on our primary target. So it always left a sour taste. <clears throat> We always said that if Trossard was just signed out of the blue, we'd have quite liked that signing. But because it felt like you're going for someone else, like getting, going for Midwick and not getting Trossard, I think people were a bit deflated. But actually, what we're seeing here is someone who is technically so, so, so proficient that he just slips in. Does Leo Trossard ceiling raise this Arsenal team to a different level in the next two or three years? No, he doesn't. <clears throat> But my God, he's good, isn't he? My God, he's accomplished on the ball. Um, another one that fits very much into that Saka mould of doesn't really make errors. You know, you, you know, just the ball can be fired into you and it just doesn't really look like you're going to lose the ball. Like oh, yeah. Low centre of gravity both ways as well. Yeah, um, low centre of gravity both ways. 
the Andrew Trosser, Leo, Leo, Leo Messi, anyone? I mean, we've basically got Prime Messi. That's what we've got here. I mean, what if we just maybe do a little breakdown on each of the assists then? I mean, the first one, obviously, is just a corner. So, I mean, he's obviously whipped it in and gets the assist for that. Second one, lovely, um, a lovely dinked out cross. And we, as we as we mentioned earlier, fantastic take from Jacka's bad part. That's all about the take. The, the cross is a nice dink cross, but he's, he's executing it. The, the, the take and then the shift to get the space to do the dink that was special. And the, and the third was, was was actually a lovely cross as well. Again, like left foot, like he's a bit Santi-esque, isn't he, in terms of that sort of dual footed footedness, another new word there. Um, but but yeah, another person I mean, who slipped straight in, like, yeah. it will be interesting. I'll ask you, like, do you think he, I think there'll be one more start for the front three that we've just seen. Again, my gut feeling that lining up against Palace, the, give or take what happens in the midweek. My gut feeling is Jesus probably still won't start next weekend. But after that, you'd have to believe that Gabby Jesus starts, you know, and I know Arteta had that lovely little commentary afterwards that said, oh, now Jesus is back. He's going to have to fight for his right to play in the team. I mean, let's call it out. That's bullshit. Like, <laughs> Gabby Jesus is going to, he's going to start playing. So do you think it's Trossard that misses out or Martinelli or, or is he going to be a genuine rotation? Because I love it. I think what I would say in in response to kind of his interview is that he's in a position where he doesn't need to rush him back. Yeah, he really doesn't. And and I think we haven't rushed him back in terms of medically either. I think this is this has been very well thought out. This this return um, for, for for Jesus. What what I would say is I think that we'll talk about sporting in a little while briefly. But I think what we'll see is I think Jesus will get potentially maybe a good sort of 50 minutes maybe under his belt on Thursday, 50 to an hour, possibly. And then I think you'll see the same front three that started against Fulham against Palace. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. At the end of the day, it's home to Palace. We, 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 you've got a fancy us. This front three were excellent on Sunday. Why change it, I guess, just before the international break? Give Jesus two more weeks in the gym. Like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be called up by Brazil. Oh, I hope not. Um, but... Um, and then yeah, that's that, that's that's probably what I would do. Even though you know I've been I've been clamoring for Jesus since November, but I don't. I'm not sure Jesus will start either of the games. If I'm truthful, no, yeah, sport, I'm not sure either. Sporting or Palace, I think you're right. He'll, he'll, his minutes will grow in both the games, mm. but mm. I'm not sure he'll start both. I think the front this front three will probably start both. Um, you know, you know, you know my feelings well. Um, listeners probably do by now as well. I wouldn't start any of them on Thursday because they'd all be in cotton wool and I'd have the under-18s trotting out. But that's my opinion on the matter this year and this year only because it's absolutely competition. We should want to try and win. But it was fantastic to see Jesus back, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a what a reception. I mean, the away fans, by the way, I mean, we probably should give them a rating out of 10 as well. But um, yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal to see him back. Um I thought some people would be. I'm reading reading that he's sort of looked a bit porky, but I actually thought he looked quite thick, like he's been in the gym working on the strength, particularly in the lower legs. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, he looked, looked fantastic. Yeah, um, it, it, straight back to missing chances. <laughs> straight back to looking like he's going to cause defenses absolute havoc. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking. Looks a phenomenal, phenomenal creator and missed a great chance. Yeah, so it looks like we got him, our, our Gabby back. Yeah, you know. Straight back in, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's so good to have him back, so good to have the options. And and essentially, bar bar Eddie, we've got everyone fit right now. 
absolutely everyone in the squad, uh, Barry on Nenny, bless him as well. But, um, you know, you've essentially got everyone you want back fit. And so for me, it's an exciting next few weeks. We've got, you know, Trossard said it afterwards. What did, what did you make of the clock in the dressing room? Um, do you think that's 11 games to go, like people are saying? It's a strange one. I might be, I think it might be a personal in joke. I'm not sure we'd be, I don't want to say the word arrogant enough, but it's quite, to put, if, it is, if it is about 11 games to go, I think that's a bit, I don't think we'd be about that. I don't think Arteta would be. I think it might be something more personal, a story, one of his team talks or something. Yeah, I'm not I'm not reading anything into it, to be honest. I really like the picture, as in, like I was just looking at all the yeah, yeah. faces, really, and just seeing who was there and their sort of expressions. Um, nice photo. But yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's 11 games to go, but that's my personal opinion. Obviously, it is 11 games to go, but I don't think that's the uh, that's the message behind it. Um, <clears throat> 11 cup finals, though, Trossard said, and he's right, isn't he? I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, as they say, the shit is getting real. And um, I would like to think that we're going to turn up in those 11 games. That's what I just want to see. I just want to yeah. see us turn up. I think we're going to, we, what, we, what we're going to, what we're going to sort of see on Sunday, I mean, obviously the, the sporting game is the next one up. And, you know, I think that's just a case of, you know. Get through it with no injuries. Yeah, they, they get, get, get through it with no injuries. I can see us win. They've got a couple of big sort of, they have important players out with suspension. I can see us qualifying. Um, and then it's a case of on Sunday, I think we'll see a very different challenge to one we saw on Sunday. I think they'll park the bus like they did against City. They've got pace on the break. Um, and I think it's a case of making sure we're switched on in that regard on the transition, really. Um, very good, de- very good defensive side palace. I mean, Vieira's teams don't they don't open up, um, and I can see them potentially frustrating us. But you know, we've just got to make sure that we're we're slick and we're we're connecting and um, and 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 the fact that we've got Jesus back now is you know if, if we are in a bit of bother after sixty five minutes, it's um, we're not bringing Smith Rowe on to kind of like just sort of see if he can do something. You know, we're bringing on our, arguably our best player. So, um, no, we, 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 it's an exciting time to be there. 11 games, you know, more points than City have managed in any of their last five seasons, is it? Four seasons at this point in the season. Um, we're there on merit and 11 games to low go, eight wins almost certainly, probably mm. delivers a title. Yeah. I mean, the next, so next time maybe listeners will hear us might probably be. After the Palace game, I don't know if we'll do a sporting one. We'll we'll see. Um, it's a, it's a, it's the eight kickoff, isn't it on on Thursday? Um, but we'll 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 all be there. We'll all be there on Sunday. Um, we'll so we will be doing a bit a bit of a live kind of um, discussion pre pre during and post um, for the listeners, and then obviously a bit more of a full breakdown on the pod kind of day after. So very much looking forward to that. Um, just before we finish. Obviously, it's guest Laguna feature just before we wrap up. So, Tom, Tom has got a uh, I'm alone. I'm alone. Yeah, you're you're false nine. You're false nine um, for guest Laguna listeners. I'm going to reel off a list of clubs that a former Guna has played for. Right. Okay. Here we go. Marseille, Arsenal, Man City. Sevilla on loan. Nasri? Samir Nasri. Just finish off the clubs. Antalya Spore, West Ham, <laughs> and Anderlecht. 
when you when you look at when you look at his career, mate, it's just weird. like even just looking at the appearances, you can tell like th- this sums up Nasri's career really just by looking at his appearances for his clubs. Obviously, Marseille, Arsenal, and City, pretty much within within eighty five to one hundred and thirty appearances for all three of them individually, which is obviously you know quite impressive. And then it just tails off like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but while it lasted, what a player! Yeah, one of those players in that era for Arsenal, sort of that 2008, 9, 10 kind of world, where he was also technically gifted, but probably, unlike Martin Odegaard, didn't have the dynamism. Um, so it just kind of went sideways. But yeah, a very good footballer. You were, you were. I remember you being a huge fan. Yeah, I, I always liked him. Don't get me wrong, I didn't dislike the guy. Yeah, but, in terms of dynamism, I, I actually think it was more just him having more of an Urzilness about him, to be honest. Yeah, but that's what I kind of mean, you know, like the, the sort of like, the impetus, the aggression, the ugh, the, the effort output, mm. the, it was just mm. kind of, yeah. I mean, the, the, these players like, and don't get me wrong, because the player I'm about to say is in a different league to people like Nazari and, and, and probably even Ozil, but the same kind of way that someone like a Hazard has it as well, where you just get the impression that deep down, did he actually care? And now someone like Eden Hazard was so good, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because you'd still win games by himself, yeah. But you just look in their eyes and I'm not sure these players that love it that much. And I think when you love it and you can, and then when you can get combined the ballers, the genuine world-class ballers with people that are genuinely love it and are dedicated, you get players like Messi. And that's the difference, I think, because you have ballers and you have people who really want it. But if you can have both, then yeah. 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 I was, I was, I was a massive fan of Nasri to be honest, but yeah, I, I, I agree with the sentiment. I hundred percent mentality wasn't there, but, but, in an era at Arsenal where really it was like we had so much talent on that pitch, but just never had a defence. Um, something maybe this is this is a bit off the cuff, really. We could probably do this with these guest Lagunas. Is basically like a little like a little memory or highlight. I mean, Porto yeah. at home comes to mind. Porto, and obviously the Man United goal, goals, mm. the two mm. Man United, especially the second one. I think it's the Fulham, one. Fulham. Um, yeah. That was a great I mean, goal. I mean, my, my abiding memory of Nazareth will always be the, the Wenger comment about him and, and, and yeah. Fabregas to answer you there. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, and when he had to, he was leaving and then he had to start at home to Liverpool in central midfield with Frimpong, I remember right. That was... <laughs> and, then, and then he left. <laughs> yeah, but he was like, everyone knew he was already going and he knew yeah, he was exactly, already going. Yeah, he just yeah, didn't yeah. care. It was, it was really, really not good. That was when... That, um, Oh, we're not. We're not going to sort of. It's not a pod to throw throw dirt on. Obviously, the great man Arsene Wenger. But yeah, that is that was the era where Tom and I were uh, were losing. That's where it started to turn because that was sort of 2010-11. You know, the Birmingham, the Birmingham uh, uh, League Cup final and stuff like that. To me, that was the year that it all started to go wrong because you know there were there were there were signs before, but there's no way you're going to get rid of Arsene Wenger in 2007-2008 when we got close to the title and stuff like that. That's not 2011 was for me the year that it started to go. Right. For another day, for another yeah, day. Definitely, definitely. Right. We'll be back on. We'll be back on soon, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Have a good evening and uh, we'll see you next time. Always Arsenal. Henri will have to do it alone. Oh! Sensational goal from Thierry Henry to secure a sensational result for Arsenal. Pires. Saka. Yeah!